Hello and welcome. I'm Alexander. And I'm Simon. And I'm Tony. We are knee deep in tech, covering the latest from the IT industry with a specific focus on Microsoft and how to get actual value from technology. This is episode 128. No, it isn't. It is episode 129 due to the fact that we did 128 during the vacation. Recorded on the 27th of August, 2020. You will be able to find this and our previous episodes on kneedeepintech.com, iTunes, Spotify, and most podcasting platforms. Guys, how do we do this? How, how Does anybody remember how to podcast? Because who are you, by the way? Well, in regards to our obvious issues beginning this episode, uh, no, we don't. <laughs> and who the hell are you? <laughs> Here's the deal. We've all had a pretty serious vacation to the tune of four to six weeks of, of vacation. And for once, I've actually managed to, um, to really stay on vacation. I have done uh, preciously little work, and that also includes this kind of work. So that's, that's different. Um, what did you guys do for your vacation? So uh, for my vacation, I think we talked about that since i went on vacation first if i'm not mistaken uh, i um, i've built a patio and i've renovated two of our downstairs rooms and are just about to start to tearing down our um, stairs to the upper floor that sounds pretty ambitious yeah you know we started this all off by saying that yeah let someone renovate our kitchen for us and that will cost X amount of money. Now we have decided that to be able to let someone renovate our kitchen, we need to renovate close to the entire house and the budget have tripled. <laughs> so um, yeah, I'm, I'm now a handyman. Didn't you also go like kayaking or something? I've done a serious amount of kayaking as well, including a marathon, which I, for some very odd reason, actually had a very good finish in that's impressive yeah so 45 kilometers and on top of that i also had to carry it over the locks since i'm not allowed to go in the locks in the channel and since i really don't like boats i decided to uh, do remediary training so now i'm i'm just about back in the saddle so to speak i need to do one check ride for my glider pilot's license and one check ride for my motor glider pilot's license. And then I'm back in the air full time. So that's what I did on my vacation. So maybe we need to figure out what vacation really means. We didn't do tech stuff. That's, that's something. But so, so I'm like, there, there's an old game in Sweden, Sweden, at least I, I guess it's everywhere, which is bird fisher in between. So I'm guess I'm the fish. Alexander is the bird, and Tony is in between. <laughs> yeah, I suppose that's a true statement. So I only took uh, three weeks of vacation this summer, and that was uh, predetermined already in like March, April, something like that, because I was expecting the COVID thing, you know, to be around during the summer as well, which meant that there is pretty much no uh, actual reason to have vacation because you can't any do anything anyway or go travel anywhere anyway. Uh, however, after my first two weeks of vacation, Finland actually decided to allow certain exemptions from their border control rules, which allowed me to actually 
uh, go over there. So the last week of my vacation, I actually drove to Finland, as I usually do every summer, uh, which is a 1200 kilometer drive uh, going over Haparanda, and then go south again from there. And as per usual, that might just have been the last time I do that trip over Haparanda and just go through the Finnish Åby uh, or Turku as it's called in Finland uh, and just drive up instead. It's I think like 400 kilometers shorter but then again you have to take the ferry. But it's a little less painful I think. But then again with, with your car that's maybe three, four hours? <laughs> if only, if only. But I, I have done some speed runs on that trip i have to admit but nothing too extreme and nothing has been recorded so it didn't happen yeah pretty much fair enough so um i kind of started working again well i'm gonna come back to that but i resigned before i went on vacation or i i should say i i had it in my notice so i'll, I'll be leaving it a bit but more about that in a bit so uh, i started my my return to work with a certification because I'm going to teach a course next week. And DP300, which is the relational databases in Azure, is just about out of beta. So I, I wrote it um, as it came out of beta because I, I generally avoid beta tests because I kind of want to know what I screwed up immediately. Um, but I find that what to be pretty interesting. Uh, fairly good questions i think one of them was unnecessarily convoluted but apart from that i was i was happy and that's one of the certifications where i scored the highest so i actually managed to to go for 900 nice one then again databases are kind of my thing since time immemorial so i would have been kind of frustrated with myself if i had had not passed it and and simon you decided to as Simon generally does, not only do one certification. Yeah, since since we won't be going to Ignite this year, uh, at least not in person, I decided to do my annual certification run at home instead. So I started off with AZ500, so the security in Azure, and made it with the smallest possible margin. <laughs> well, that's all that matters. Exactly, but but I found that to be one of the best certifications so far. I think it was very, very relevant, good questions, really fair one. You just didn't um, know your thing. <laughs> so it, it was a good cert, and then I did MS500 the day after, and that was probably one of the worst <laughs> certifications uh, I've written in uh, a while, actually. Um, I thought it were very overcomplicated questions, hard to understand what they were after, very niche questions as well. So is is the number 500 on the MS side of things security or is yeah. it, okay yeah. so 500 Microsoft 365 Microsoft 365 security. Okay. So yeah so that's more about PIM it's about conditional access it's about whatever it was about more I can't remember security stuff. Security stuff and anyways I I passed them both. Um, and then I actually had a had an attempt, and I'm I'm going to be very open with this because I think that's something you you should be even when you fail. So I did actually attempt to do the uh, Windows Server 2016 upgrade exam again, uh, but I failed this time too. And I think this is the last time I'm writing it because like I need to read up on clusters, 
and I don't think I I will ever 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 set up a cluster again. So um, yeah, it is very cluster focused. I remember that clusters and uh, so would you say that it is claustrophobic? All right, so that that was kind of cool. And um, another interesting thing that happens when you come back to work after a few weeks is that half of your landscape pretty much has changed. And especially so for Power BI, but I mean, I I know for a fact that if Simon, while he goes to the bathroom, there's going to be a new Convic Manager version out. So we're going to hear more about his bathroom break in a bit, but I'm going to start with the, the Power BI stuff. So the August Power BI feature summary, that's already out. And we're, I would assume, like two, two, two and a half weeks from the September um, update for Power BI desktop. So that contains a lot of really neat stuff. Uh, for instance, we have direct query support for Q&A. And suddenly I can do direct query with uh, Q&A. I haven't been able to do that before. There are quite a few new really cool visualizations and something that I think is going to be huge, not without its potential issues. And that is not a technical issue. That is a people issue. There's something called personalized visuals. I've talked about it previously, and this is in preview. And this means that the, um, the person that is looking at the, the report there, the report user can slightly tweak the visuals, change one visual to another visual, for instance, if, if it suits them better. And now we have something called perspectives. That means that I can have different viewpoints on my data. And this is a good thing for the user, but it is going to be a pain in the posterior for the admin and anyone who is trying to kind of see the same thing. So I'm sure it's going to be amazing, but at the moment it has some, some pitfalls, if you will. We also have a few new um, connectivity updates, a few connectors, and one super cool thing, and that is text or, or CSV by example. Previously, I can, uh, in Power Query, just write some text, and it will automatically figure out what I want to do with my, my text. Say, for instance, if I have a, uh, a column that is formatted in a specific way, and I just write the same information that is in that, that column, and it'll figure out, oh, you want to capitalize this, or you want to change this around. It'll do that automatically. And that's pretty powerful. Now we can do the same thing with a, a text or a CSV import. So the data prep stuff in Power BI or, or Power Query, I should say, is getting super, super powerful. And if that was not enough, uh, Power BI it, it, is it was. very well played, Simon. That, that was epic. No, it wasn't. Because Power BI is five years old. It's kind of weird that I've, I've been on this this journey, if you will, for five years. And um, it, some days it feels longer. But Power BI is five years, and that's kind of cool. And you remember I talked about using your own data lake for data flows. Yep. And one of the things that you could not do was disconnect your, your um, own data lake if you had connected it. Well, that's changed. 
So finally, you can not only disconnect your, your data lake, you can also use multiple data lakes. So this is also a step forward. So th things are happening. And again, this is why you never go on vacation. Is, is this a very stupid question? Yes. Good. Then I ask it because stupid questions are the best questions. So you keep saying. If I'm able to use multiple data lakes, could I share a data lake with someone else? So if I, I have a very interesting data set in my lake, can I share that to someone else? That is not a stupid question at all. And the answer is yes, you can. Cool. Because I imagine that if you have multiple data lakes and are able to visualize data in them combined, you can come to some quite interesting results. Yeah, but you're kind of, of going off on a tangent here because you can always have data lake as a source. Now we're talking about using a data lake for storage when you create ah. your, your data flows. But the question is still valid. You can share yep. your, your uh, data flows that way. I don't think it was intended that way, but you probably could do it. Would that be, I'm thinking open data. Would mm. that be an option to share a massive amount of data by allowing access to the lake? It is one way, yes. You also have Azure Data Share, if you will. There, there are a few ways, but I, I suppose that you could let people into your lake. Do keep in mind, though, that you will be paying for it. Yeah. Hmm. I'm, I'm thinking of an old customer of ours which had a challenge with distributing vast amounts of data. Yeah, it is difficult. And now, Simon, I want to hear all about your bowel movements because there is a new config manager in town. Do you want to tell or hear about how you do it in a kayak? Whatever you do in a kayak stays in a kayak. So can we please go with Config Manager? Thank you very much. Yeah, we'll start with Config Manager. So we have a new release, uh, the 2006 release, which, which was actually released in August, if I remember correctly. Uh, so they are really getting out of turn with that. But like they say, they won't release it. They, they don't care when they release it. They release it when it's done and they have the feature in it they want to have in it. And organizations are still picking it up in an extreme pace. So we have a couple of new features to tenant attach and to freshen up your, your memory. We have config manager managed clients. We have co-managed clients, which are both managed by config manager and Microsoft Intune and we have Intune managed clients. And with Tenant Attach, we are able to connect our Config Manager environment to the Microsoft Endpoint Manager console in the cloud, and from there, manage all of these devices. So from the Intune console, we can manage our Config Manager only managed clients. So therefore, we can now, as an example, from a web-based portal, install applications on Config Manager uh, managed only clients, which is quite an astonishing feature since we are now very, very close of migrating away from the Config Manager console to a fully web-based portal, which was what they really announced at Ignite last year. And they are now very, very close to that in less than a year. Two things that I remember from uh, during my vacation, pretty much, uh, or one was this week, pretty much. So uh, let's 
begin with the prior one. So there was a very critical update to all Windows servers, pretty much. Ranging back all the way to, I think, 2003 or something like that. A DNS vulnerability, which allowed remote attackers to do bad stuff to your things. So that was pretty much rushed out um, ASAP for all Windows servers. Please install this ASAP or do the workaround thing, which disables the uh, remote exploit. So that was one thing that came up during my vacation, actually, um, which I had to get involved with somewhat, uh, not too much, thankfully. Uh, and also there was a new Windows Server vNext release this week, which is called the 2201. So I'm not sure if you can call it 2021, because that might, might be misinterpreted. So it's the 2201 release. Uh, I have it downloaded now, but I haven't had the time to install it since that happened earlier today. Uh, but most likely I will have something to t talk about uh, in the next episode about that. So it is the LTSB uh, 2019 next next release, pretty much. I really don't like a vulnerability that does bad things to my things. No, and this was DNS of all infrastructure-related stuff as well, so it was actually pretty critical. And it, like, if you read the blog post that my security colleagues posted on that one, it was a really nasty vulnerability. And it also showed who understands how to patch and update domain controllers, since a lot of organizations have DNS on their domain controllers. Oh, yeah, they do. Yeah. So that was a few interesting days. May I continue with my news? Absolutely. So apart from the tenant attached stuff, which also included the ability to publish applications from Config Manager and Microsoft Intune to the same company portal on Windows um, was a huge thing because now you can actually tell your users that go to the company portal regardless of device and get your applications there. We also now have improved support for Windows Virtual Desktop in Config Manager 2006, which is of course great. And we have a bunch of new, both management insights. Uh, and management insights in Config Manager is about letting Config Manager help you build a more efficient infrastructure. So it can actually, based on behavior and data it gathers, recommend you to recreate your boundary groups, recreate your networks inside of Config Manager and optimize peer-to-peer -peer traffic, as an example. So that was one of the things there. And apart from all the tenant attach and co-management features, I also want to point out a big change to uh, Android management that was just released in Microsoft Intune, which is the corporate-owned, personally-enabled devices, so Copy, which isn't called Copy in Intune, it's called corporate-owned uh, corporate device with work profile, a very short name. And that really brings together the best of the Android ecosystem in one phone. So you, where you as an admin have full control over the device, but still are able to have one personal profile and one work profile. And something I realized for the first time, actually, when I tried this out, were that if you have a work profile on your Android phone, where all your work apps, of course, gets downloaded, you can turn the entire profile off completely. So the apps won't load and you won't get notifications 
from any managed and work-related app until you turn it on again. So that's quite nice. And we have, of course, a lot of other things. But Windows Virtual Desktop is great. You really, you really feel that? Okay, so you are challenging me. What, what happens, what's happened to your poor desktop? <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. So I think overall it has improved a lot with the latest updates. Uh, that I can definitely agree on. I also upgraded our uh, Windows 10 multi-session machines to the latest 2004 release mm -hmm. uh, pretty recently. It took a lot of time, but it got the job done. However, even after that upgrade, we are still uh, having issues with uh, some of the hosts just reporting back unavailable with disconnected sessions, which also means that people can't even reconnect properly because they have a session which they can't reconnect to because RDP is completely down. Or the RD agent service is not working, or the broker agent is not working. Uh, it just keeps stating that, yeah, this host is unavailable and the other ones are available. So users without any existing sessions can connect just fine. However, users with existing sessions on those machines that are now unavailable can reconnect even. And that can be everything from a single reboot of the host just to get it back online, or it can be a real painful hassle which takes me a few hours to get it back online. Reinstalling the agent, uninstalling, reinstalling, re-registering, things like that. So, I mean, it has gotten better, definitely, but there are still very much issues, at least on our platform, even with the latest releases of everything. Uh, and, and I'm happy to help out with that, but to my knowledge, it isn't, it isn't a general error. And I would say that if you put that amount of time into fixing a host you should really looking into creating a new host instead. Yeah, I know. Uh, but but as far yeah, but as far as I know we don't have any, you know, provisioning template in place for those applications that need to be installed as of now. We need to talk and I'm happy to provide assistance. I hope so. For a small fee. <laughs> as you always say. No, are. we we are the best, so for a fee. I'll give you a Tuborg. All right, so uh, we're, as always, time is flying. We have some interesting interviews coming up. I've got two interviews lined up. We haven't uh, locked in dates yet, but we will be having two interviews in a fairly short time. And we are actively looking for more people to interview for, for uh, the fall and the winter. So if you have any ideas, anybody you want to hear us interview, just Give us a shout, and we'll we'll take that up uh, un, under consideration. I actually have two people lined up for interviews. Oh, there we, we go. Yeah, we, we just need to find a, a good way to do group interviews as well. Yeah, yeah, that is always it is a difficult technical challenge. And and to be just just to add to that, because I, I off that statement, I'm certain that many people will say, okay, how hard is it? Everyone does that over Teams, but we want real good quality out of our interviews and therefore we are looking for a better platform than teams sound wise uh, to do it since teams isn't up to it in in our opinion no not yet or most of the time teams is going to work fine but as soon as teams start throttling something 
then audio is the first pretty much to go. The the quality is the first to go, which is a pain when you're trying to do good audio. Yeah. And speaking of challenges, Microsoft Date Night. Yeah. That is an interesting proposition to say the least. What's your take on, on that, guys? Very unpopular opinion. I'm not really that excited. That makes two of us. Like I, 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 I'm if I get to do any of the things that we may be able to do, I'm, I'm of course very happy for that. And and my company have some things planned internally for us. I will be off work that week, so not no fun for me. But I'm I'm really not that excited to be honest. And it's a real shame. Yeah, and that makes all of us because yeah. I feel exactly the same way. Uh, I also attended, you know, pretty much the release announcement uh, for this being a, what was it, 70, no, 48, 72 hour digital conference? I think it's 72 hours. Yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. Mon- t- Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I think. But yeah, I'm also very much uh, nervous and reserved for how it's going to work out. I mean, Patch and Switch are still, you know, pretty much on the go uh they're ready for getting ready for the event planning new things and stuff like that so i mean at least they seem ex- uh, ecstatic about it in one way or the other so hopefully they'll make something good out of it but i'll i'll have my reservations until this time but but i would claim that it's more exciting for microsoft than for the ones attending since microsoft is doing all the recordings they are announcing all the fun things so of course it's exciting and, and they of course want to make this a great conference. Of course. And I think that there are there are two aspects to this. And one is the content is probably gonna be Microsoft standard epic. I mean, it's gonna be fantastic. But that is not the point for me going to Ignite, because I'm going to Ignite to be there. I am there to spend time with my friends, to network with with amazing people, and get to experience all these things there in in person. And that is something that an online conference can never give me, despite how amazingly produced it is. Uh, and having said that, I think and I really hope that Microsoft will set a new bar for everything um, online, but. That is not without its perils either. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. For sure. And other interesting things, user group and fall events. So Simon was bored, and when Simon is bored, weird shit happens. Simon says, I don't have enough to do in my life. I think we need to start another user group. So Simon did. Yeah, so now I have two user groups. Yes. So we just had our second meetup with the East Sweden Microsoft user group, which went great, I would say. Um, some really great content. I especially liked the uh, law part where we had Rihanna Gerleman to talk about the Privacy Shield things that happened this summer. We won't go into that because it's complicated. Uh, but I also founded the Swedish Windows Virtual Desktop user group. And the most important thing happened very, very quickly. We now have more members than Denmark have. That's vital. Oh, so the Swedish group has more members than the Danish-Swedish group has. 
I, I kind of I kind of see why, but okay, do go on. Uh, and we are having our first meetup next week, and we actually have close in to Denmark. 50 people. In Denmark, no, yeah. If if we happen to find a Danish data center, absolutely. Uh, but we have over fifty people that have signed up. Wow, already? That's that's impressive. Yeah. Oh, Danish data centers. You mean the only Nordic country without Azure data centers? You're on a roll, man. Even Finland had data centers, even though they are backup ones. They are also the oldest. True. Oh, even Finland now. Okay, that's the wording <laughs> you want to use here. Okay, right, right. Look what Finland have done to Sweden the last couple of months. You don't even recognize your old friends. Then again, neither does Norway. That's a different story. Anyway, we are running out of time as we always are. I just want to mention that I, as I said in the beginning, I handed in my my, um, notice and I will be leaving after 14 years on uh, September the 23rd. And I will be starting at another company on September the 28th. I can't disclose which company that is at this moment, but as soon as I start at that company, I'll be more than happy to uh, to tell you all about it. Let's just say that it is uh, somewhat smaller than Athea. Do we have anything else before we try to figure out how to get two minutes back? Because we're already <laughs> a couple of minutes over. No, like we, we are excited to get going in. We, we promised that upcoming episodes will be of the same focus and quality as always so bear with us for this one but we hope that you have enjoyed it yes i well i did and to to be absolutely frank it takes some time to get up to speed again um but we'll we'll sort it out so on that um useless piece of trivia um thank you so much for listening it's time to end the show and if you have any feedback questions or would like to be part of an episode, please reach out to us on social media or via email at podcast at nativeintech.com. We will be back next week. And meanwhile, take care. Bye. Bye. Bye now.